Welcome to Box Talk, a podcast for affiliates and coaches, powered by Box Pro Magazine. Welcome to another episode of Box Talk. I am here with a very special guest. Can you go ahead and introduce yourself? I'm Brennan Morton, owner of NEPA CrossFit. All right. Well, Brennan, hey, thank you so much for joining us today. Appreciate it. Um, and I'd love to just kind of start off today with your story, you know, how you came to find CrossFit, um, how you came to own your gym and, and, and run that facility. Uh, so why don't we just start with that? Uh, I was um, introduced to CrossFit when I was in um, – I was a recon marine. I was in the recon community uh, back in, gosh, uh, 2006, 2007, 2008. Uh, I had some friends who had heard about CrossFit and, um, you know, were really into it. They had they'd rings hanging down from the upper barracks deck and stuff back. Uh, and uh, so I got introduced to it there. Um, I'm not going to lie. It was kind of like, oh, that's kind of cool. That's just probably a passing phase, though. <laughs> so and then uh, I kept doing what we were doing. And then uh, we slowly started getting more and more into it. Like um, our base in Iraq, um, our little recon compound actually had a CrossFit gym uh, fully outfitted with um, the most molly hawked put together like anything they could find kind of equipment and stuff like that. It was really cool. Uh, and so I just kind of got into it that way, kind of a, a, a slow start at first. Uh, and then I did Fran for the first time with a real barbell, um, which we hadn't used yet. It was mostly body weight. And then uh, I just fell in love with Fran uh, when I was like 1330, didn't finish under the time cap. And, you know, this is, I was completely blown away that someone hurt that bad. Um, <laughs> so I was like, hey, I'm going to do this. I like this now on. Um, and then basically, uh, I got out of the military and I moved to, uh, Northeastern Pennsylvania and there was nothing at all like this for at least two hours in any direction. Um, wow. New York city is about two hours. Uh, Philadelphia is about two hours. Uh, but there was nothing. So I started doing it out of, um, out of a, a local gym. Um, and they didn't appreciate that. They never um, do. They never do. No, they don't. <laughs> yeah, because I'm trying to I'm trying to move my equipment here and set up so I can do a little mini workout, and then people just move my equipment. <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, you're using this," and they're like, "You just can't really grab that like that really good hard." So, um, I uh, I was like, I should probably just start a gym. Like, you know, I was um, I still was looking for a job that I really liked because I, you know, I I didn't quite know what I wanted to do with my life yet, and um, it was just one of those things. I was like, oh, I should look into opening a gym. So. I looked in what it would cost to affiliate and, you know, I was like, oh, I'll start looking for spaces. And we found this great little space that was about uh, 1,700 square feet about. So it was, I mean, it was literally a, a RV is what it was an RV garage for some rich guy who had stopped parking there. It just had a garage door, no windows. Uh, and I loved it. I loved it so much. I thought it was the greatest thing ever. So I rented that. We started the affiliate back in, uh, 2009, I want to say the, the spring of 2009. And, uh, wow. so I just started doing that full time, lived at that gym pretty much seven days a week. I had my hours were from 5am till 8pm, one class every hour on the hour, just to figure out what I was going to do for hours. Wow. You know, people, people would come and kick me awake cause I'd be sleeping <laughs> under the desk. Um, yeah, it was, well, I, cause I, I didn't know there was no, I, I had no template. I had no, like, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just, I loved to do it. And, uh, you know, I just knew I wanted to keep doing it. So I was putting in some ridiculous hours. That's and, very funny though. That's hilarious. Uh, but then, and people, cause people ask me now, they're like, how did you decide on these? Cause we have very specific hours mm -hmm. that I was like, oh, we decided this, you know, when I actually would, I'd keep a little Excel worksheet about when people would show up. 
And then slowly by slowly, we'd start, I'd start whittling away hours. So it wasn't that we were like trying to add hours. We would just start taking away hours that people weren't showing up consistently. Mm-hmm. Like I had a 5 a.m. class and after, you know, a couple of weeks of no one showing for, but like one or two times a week, I was like, nope, not doing that one. <laughs> you know, like, that. Yeah. Cause it's like, what's the cost to you versus yeah. what is the, the benefit to your clients? And it was like, yeah. You know, if everyone who says they're going to show up at 5 a.m., like the people who do, you're like, no, sorry, you're not worth, you're not worth the not sleeping at all ever. So, so we did a reverse schedule that way. Um, my very first client, um, uh, Coach Kyle, actually is my best friend and now um, one of the co-owners. Um, he he wandered in, I don't know, probably a month after we opened, and uh, he's like, "What's this? Oh, I've heard of CrossFit." And we just started working out together and it was just basically for the first month, it was just me and him. There was no clients. It was just an empty warehouse wow. with two guys working out together. Uh, he was he was my very first client and then he started bringing his friends and then we started kind of growing that that slow. Um, it, it was a hard start, uh, yeah. I will tell you that. Yeah. Um, once, because at this point, I mean, we're 2009, like no one on the East Coast had really heard about it. Like, or you have to be in like a major... Um, a major met- metro- uh, metropolitan area because right now we're in the middle of nowhere Pennsylvania as far as culture like it's starting to come around but it's like it feels like five ten years behind um so you know you've said CrossFit and to we were being uh, Coach Kyle actually just talking about this yesterday when back then you said CrossFit people would just look at you cross-eyed and be like I don't understand what you're saying you're like yo it's this new fitness thing to like is it like Zumba you're like no this is not gonna work um yes, so you should have said yes and then like very yeah. much so <laughs> yes just come in and try it. So yeah. Uh, so then, eventually, about six months later, I believe uh, I went and uh, I got Coach Kyle certified. And then he, because I I was working just way too much that first year. It was it. It ended up. I'm not gonna lie. I ended up hating CrossFit for a little bit. Mostly not because of CrossFit, but just because I was there. You know, 14, 16 hours a day, six days a week, and I was just like, I can't do this. I mean, anymore. you were sleeping under the desk. That's yeah. Something. Oh yeah. Because yeah, if there, no one was there, I'd work out or I'd sleep. And those were my two states of being. <laughs> Uh, and it was, uh, it was, you know, you can only maintain that for so long before. And, you know, I, looking back, I was like, man, if I had advice, cause I, uh, I, I'd like to try to give advice to new box owners and stuff who are around my area. Or, um, I got some email. I, I, every once in a while I get some emails from people who have attended certifications at my box, uh, about like, Hey, how did you do it? I actually have a packet. I'll just send them of all the oh. things we do are how we do them. Uh, you know, best practices that I've found, um, just to get them started. Cause, uh, we, we've, We've had, I don't know, 10 instantiations of the way we've run things from you know, 2009 till now. Um, we're always kind of in trying of improving and trying to make things a little more pared down and trim here and improve that. So it's, you know, I, without anyone to tell me what to do, it was kind of a, an adventure, but it was, there was a lot of pitfalls I made and a lot of uh, silly decisions business-wise that I look back and I'm like, man, I, I was, you know, I put myself a year in the hole for that one for, you know, which didn't pay out, but I didn't really have a business model to go off of, so it was uh, it was interesting. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, so we moved. We stayed there for man, I want to say till about three years ago. We were so we were still in a seventeen hundred square foot space. Uh, we did not close that one door until it was snowing. Like we, we, it would be fifty degrees out. That door would still be open because it, it made the space feel at least big. Because yeah. in the winter, seventeen hundred square feet when you have thirty people. You know, the incoming class, the outgoing class, everyone's in that. You're like, it was, it was tight. Um, it was a great group of people. You know, everyone, everyone was totally about it, but eventually we made the decision. I was like, I can't, I can't stay here. Like this is like, I will, I will eventually people are going to 
just not like this anymore. Like, you know, it's cute and it's intimate, but it's going to suffer because you only have so much space for barbells. You only have so much. We had a rig that was, God, only about 10 feet by six feet, you know, and that was wow. for the whole class. You know, so oh we were. Oh my goodness. How did you do any workouts with 30 people? We, um, so it was like, we do a lot. We always do like heat workouts and team workouts and stuff like that. We always logistically. So when we program, we've always programmed for our space. Not like flighty, like, oh, uh, this would be a cool workout. Because the first thing my words in my mouth is, can we do it? You know, do we have enough <laughs> kettlebells? Because everyone loves to program those real sprawling wads that are like epic. But then you're like, dude, that requires like four bars, 80 kettlebells for one person, you know, three boxes. Like that can't work in the space. So a lot of what we do as far as programming is we, um, it's working with the space that you have. And we got really good at it. We got really good at, you know, um, station workouts. Um, interval workouts with a teammate so everyone always felt like they were still getting a, a great workout but we were using you know very pared down equipment and space where you know so everyone could kind of work together at the same time and you wouldn't just have one person waiting around for 20 minutes doing nothing while the other person did something so we always try to make the best of everything until we we moved out wow and that was just trial and error when you kind of you figured out what worked best in your space yeah. Oh yeah. We, I mean, we, we had, we had equipment stacked up on equipment. Like there, there's a picture of one of our, um, one of our kids who went to, uh, the CrossFit games a couple of years ago when they first had their kids, um, thing. He, uh, he's, he's sleeping on, I think it's like three boxes tall. We had like just a stack of boxes in the corner that was just like, and he's like sleeping like a cat up on top of him Cause there was like no space to do anything. So he just wanted to take a nap between trainings. So we crawled up there like, and it was like, I mean, we, we tried to Ikea our box as much as possible to just to get another square foot out of anywhere we could. Um, cause otherwise it was just, you know, we were just working against ourselves and then spring would come. We'd open the door out and, uh, was actually how, what we call the yard now, which we'll get into in a second. But, um, it's actually how we used to, everything was done outside unless it was even in the pouring rain, we would go outside in the rain just to have more space. Like, you guys are true uh, grassfitters, true yeah, grassfitters. Yeah. It was like, dude, well, because, you know, it's, it's kind of fun. We we're always about kind of like doing the, the quirky offbeat things just for fun. Um, and it was like, uh, it, it took a lot to get us back inside once that door was open. We were, you know, it'd be November, December. And we'd still be like, it's still good. We're, we're going to make it another day. <laughs> your um, sweat's just, turning into ice as it runs yeah, down oh, your yeah. face. People coming in full, full winter gear, stripping it off as they go. But <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was wild. Wow. So, okay. So that was your life for what, three years, four years, you said? Something like that? Crazy, mm -hmm. 1,700 square feet? And then you were like, enough. Enough is enough. So how did you go about finding the space that um, you're in today? So we made, the, we made the decision, so this is a personal decision for us, that we're, we're not a commercial business in the sense of we are not a commercial. Um, I don't need you to walk by to see my business to be interested. So we chose the industrial path, which is like, you know, kind of off the path industrial spaces, which usually sell for a whole lot less per square foot. Um, so we're not, you know, we were, we were looking very specific because we're trying to save money. Um, cause we had this idea, we knew how many clients we had at the time. We knew kind of where we wanted to go. And so what we, we, we had a budget, like this is our budget. Um, and so commercial space per square foot compared to industrial space is just astronomical. Like, you, like you, you just can't. So we're like, all right, let's get, let's get away from strip malls. Let's get away from anywhere. Someone has to like walk by us and just go find some stuff. So we just started going through the, um, the industrial listings of the, any commercial property and stuff made 
God, like 30, 30 appointments. And, uh, me and my other two coaches, uh, coach Mike, um, who's also now a co-owner. Um, so the three of us just went around just walking through with, um, real estate agents and stuff like that. And, uh, every space had like some great things, but then most of the spaces, like for us, like we wanted a bathroom, like a real bathroom we had in the old box, it was a toilet and I wouldn't even call it a half a sink. It was a quarter of a sink. <laughs> and that was directly in the workout area. So like, it was the most awkward, like you could hear everything from the workout area. Like it was not private at all. Like it was just, so we're like, all right, let's have some bathrooms. Like we'd love to have some showers. Uh, so there's certain things we kind of wanted to upgrade to. It didn't have to be sparkling and clean, um, but we just wanted, you know, certain amenities that we didn't have. So some of the spaces are, you know, just a big open box with that's it. And you're like, uh, you know, it's in the middle of, you know, so we started looking and then, um, we actually lost hope. Cause there, there were so many spaces that just didn't fit the bill or like the land. Oh, cause we also, one of our things is we were so used to this outside space oh. that we couldn't give that up in our minds or like, we, we have to have a space that we can go play outside. Like we have to. And so some of the industrial spaces like, Oh yeah, there's some, there's a field there and it's just rocks and like boulders. Like that's not quite what we had in mind. Like, but, what are we going to do with so, that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're like, oh, I guess we could clear it for you, but that's what happens. <laughs> uh, and it just, um, it just so happened that one day one of my clients walked in. He's like, "You still, you guys still looking for spaces?" We're like, "Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we're still looking." Even though we had quit, we just like we're like, "I guess we're here forever." Yay! <laughs> um, and he's like, "Hey, you should talk to uh, a family friend of mine. Is a groundskeeper at this other um, like an industrial park thing. Um, do you want to go check it out?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure. You know, he's a friend of yours. Why not?" And um, so we went to look at it. And from the moment we walked in, it was like, "This is it." Like we walked three feet in and we're like, this is it. Cause you drive past the soccer field that is right in our doorstep. So we have our own private soccer field that is part of the industrial park. So it's, you know, 10 feet out our front door. We have a, just a cement, a, a cement slab. And then about five more feet, we have a giant soccer field wow. um, that is not used by anyone else. So it's really, so it's literally yeah. just, I mean, you guys literally. are the only ones that use it. They used to, they, I think they used to have a baseball field, but they gave it up. And so it's just part of the, the the commercial space. So I was like, that's ours, right? We get to use that. He's like, oh, yeah, no one else does. It's yours then. That's part of the deal. I was like, great. Um, and so then we walked in and you walk in and there was just lockers like from high school, like lining the front hallway. We're like, what is going on? And we walked in and what we ended up finding out is it was an old um, baseball training facility. Oh. So it was it was this giant open space that was all turf. And, uh, all the, all the steel pillars had been like wrapped in like, you know, safety bubble wrap and stuff. But like, it was this giant open baseball field inside. And we're like, this is exactly what we pictured in our minds. Wow. Um, because at the time, and this kind of goes back into it, we, we were looking for other alternative ways to make money, um, mm -hmm. on top of just CrossFit. Like, it's great. You want a space, you, you do CrossFit. Um, but for what we had in mind, we're like, man, we're going to have to think of some other and creative ways to do it. And we started getting into competitions and doing that kind of stuff. I, I hate to say professionally because we're not professional compared to like Granite Games. But um, in the area, this is what we do. This is what we're say, known You guys for. still, I mean, they're big freaking oh, competitions. Yeah. You do them oh, yeah. well. <laughs> they're big and huge and everyone loves them. And But so, I mean, we've done probably, God, we're up to probably like 20 something of them um, from the first time we ever did one. And so we wanted a space that would be part box, part arena. 
in, in a sense, because I mean, at, CrossFit is as a sport. It's it's most of the you know people competing who are watching, so we don't need a huge you know. So we walked in, and there was six thousand square feet upstairs with a front desk already built, because um, we're basically taking over this guy's space. So it was a sports facility, and then um, it was uh, so eighteen thousand square feet downstairs that was just open and contiguous with a few pillars, about I think four or five pillars in the whole thing. So that was it. That was the space. And uh, there was a few offices that we ended up having knocked out um, to make our, our yard barbell club. Um, but otherwise, the space was exactly – I mean, we walked in. And it was like there was not – we didn't even say anything to each other. We all just looked at each other and just kind of nodded. And we're like, all right, how much will you build us showers? And they're like, what? Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah, we need showers. That's like one thing. We, like there's a stipulation that we will walk. He's like, yeah, sure, I'll build you, build you showers. That's fine. That's easy. Um, it ended up not being easy, thank oh. God. Uh, <laughs> pay for it. He built them anyway. Um, good what a work. nice, what a nice person. Well, I mean, that, that was in our contract because, like, I, I was actually funny because I was reading the contract when, uh, before you called, and I was like, oh yeah, we really did demand that. Like, that was part <laughs> of our demands. Was just we, you will build us showers no matter what, and they will be nicer showers. Hey, I bet so, you, I bet um, you're so thankful you have those though. I mean, we're actually to the point now that we're like, man, we need more showers because really? I mean, we have a, a shower per bathroom. Um, and there's certain like the 6 a.m. class. I mean, that's you know, we have two bre- oh, called bread and butter classes. We have a 6 a.m. class and a 515 p.m. class. Mm. They are by far our most popular classes. And the you know, the 515 is easy because everyone's just going to go home after they'll shower there. But the 6 a.m. We have some serious business professionals who, I mean, bring in their suits. They bring in like, and they are. <laughs> it's kind of I feel kind of bad because they're bringing these, you know, beautiful suits in and everything, and then they're showering in our little, you know, kind of small bathroom thing, like it was, you know, in a hotel room kind of thing. Um, and uh, there's like a line of them, you know, waiting to shower. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually just currently lost a client because of that. Really? Um, oh. Yeah, he was like, dude, I, I need a shower, and I'm like, I know. He's like, yeah, and the guys like. There's too many of us, and I just I, I've missed too many days where I've had to go home to work. And I'm like, sorry, like uh, I, I understand. You know, he's like, you get another shower, or you 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 fix this, and you know, I'll be back in a heartbeat. And I was like, cool, see you soon. Wow. Like, we'll get on it. How yeah. many how many showers and bathrooms do you guys have? Uh, we have a, a coach's bathroom and shower, okay. which is our handicapped bathroom and shower in the back. Weird. I, I I mean, technically, legally, it's handicapped, accessible, and stuff like that. But I'd feel weird if anyone went back there because it's kind of dark and scary, and like, <laughs> you know, it's it's not. I would never let like a client go in there, like uh, unless like you really really want to, and you've had your tennis shots and stuff. Um, and then we have two really nice bathrooms. One guy's, one girl's. Each has its own showers okay. and three stalls. Mm. So, mm. dang, that sucks. But yeah, I mean, and that's but that's you'll never. The one thing I've had to learn over time is you're never going to please all the people all the time. And it's a hard lesson to learn. And I still, uh, Coach Kyle's a, a blessing for me because he's like, dude, let it go. Like, you can't do that. Like, I get upset over everything. Like, I'm that guy. Like, as the business owner, like the main guy, like, every time someone quits or something happens where they can't come anymore, like, I take it personally. And I, you're not supposed to do that, but it's, it's hard not to because this is, like, your love. This is the thing that you have built with your sweat, blood, and, you know, everything, and mostly money. Um, so... It's it's hard when someone walks away or something something doesn't work out. They're like, "I'm sorry, dude." And you're like, "Ah, I gotta make this work." You know, you gotta you're gonna and you're gonna have to make those choices sometimes. So it's it's one of those things that like, all right, well, we lost one, but you know, we still have you know a bunch, so it's it's not bad. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we walked in that space. We we I think it was more than we needed, uh, including the price tag. But it was one of those things that were like, I think we can do, make this work. Let's okay. try it. 
So we, we took the leap of faith. We moved in. We spent way more at roguefitness.com uh, than any human probably being should in one <laughs> sitting. And I remember like shaking my head, just looking at the total and being like, Oh, I, I can't, know. I can't even imagine looking at the number and being like, we have a 12 foot, hundred, a uh, hundred foot long, 12 foot high, six foot wide rig just downstairs. So that's our downstairs rig. We have an upstairs rig that's half the size. Um, so we built this as like, again, like we, we can run in a, on a competition setting, we can run 10, uh, 10 individual competitors all with exactly matching everything. So we built it so it's a mirror image of itself. Like every section of rig has the exact same setup. So every competitor has the exact same like um, idea of like what they need to use. So we have pull-up bars that vary from probably about five and a half feet off the ground all the way to we just put a new one up that is about eight feet off the ground. But no, it's going to be higher than that because I can barely reach. Probably like nine feet off the ground because I have to jump to it pretty high. Um, cause we had, it was one of those things that we had competitors coming in who were like six, five, six, six, who were like our arms that are like, dude, I can't go on your pull-up bars. I hit my feet every time. So we're like, all right, you know, this is what we do. So we replaced them bars and raised them up a bit. So, but it's pretty much mirror images, 10 mirror images of themselves, um, 10 foot sections of rig that they use. Each section has a pair of rings, a rope, a pair of dip rings slash ring row rings. Um, and pull up bars, bars galore. So wow. that was kind of the vision is we wanted to be able to run these massive heats so that we could get competitions that ran smoothly um, without much, um, without everything identical. Because mm -hmm. uh, we've been at competitions where they didn't have enough equipment, you know, the heats were small of like heat of four. Well, now if you have 30 competitors, like that's going to be a long day. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> so try to make sure that we had everything kind of in a row. So we just, build it and they will come kind of idea. So we took out a huge loan and rogue fitness got almost all of it. Yeah. Rogue. <laughs> you know, me a deal. That'd be great. Um, awesome. but yeah, but it was, uh, and then we, we built it out. Um, mm. it took, so at one point we were, we were all working, we were all working at the old gym and then all our free time, we would just drive to the new gym and then just build it out. Um, cause wow. it took, uh, like, <laughs> When you buy some like a rig or like a squat rack or anything, it just comes in pieces, and it's like here you go. So it, there was a lot of man hours that went into just rebuilding the hundred foot rig, you know, putting that together so it you know stood perfectly and was on a line and stuff like that. So it was there was a there was an interesting changeover period, and then we had our so the clients didn't even notice though. That was the nice part. Like we did we took nothing from the old gym basically. Oh. We everything was brand new when they got there for the most part. Mm -hmm. um, we were upgrading everything. So it was like, well, you know, we sold some of the old stuff and then we, we took some kettlebells and stuff that weren't too dinged up. But like for the most part, one day they were working out at the old gym and the next day they were working out the new gym um, oh that Monday. Goodness. So you didn't really have like a moving parts yeah. or anything. It literally was just like, okay, everybody go to the new gym today. Yeah. And it was all set up. Yeah, I know. And then this is, we actually discuss this sometimes. Like I have, I have a very, um, a keen sense of like business is business and friendship is friendship. And I don't like to blur those two sometimes. So I'm very wary of like, I don't let clients buy anything for the gym. Like, mm. dude, you pay me. Like, let's, let's keep this as a business relationship. Like you want to bring me cookies. Great. That's friends. Friends do like friends bring cookies or, uh, you know, some, so yeah. we, we've always tried to make sure that like the coaching staff does everything that's, you know, business wise. And then if the clients want to, you know, we throw parties and stuff like that. And if they want to bring food and stuff, great. But we've tried to never 
blur that line because then it gets weird when you know money when money comes into anything like things get weird later on and so we just always try to keep it like you know you're a client i i'm i'm here for you so this is you know yeah. what we do this yeah. is what you do this is what expected so yeah we, we had a they just one day walked in and there was a brand new gym that they were walking into wow. and it was, it was pretty Hmm? Oh, that's so cool. That's just neat. I, I can only imagine their faces walking in just me. Yeah, it was well, cause they, we would post pictures on Facebook and, um, the, the pile of rogue boxes at one point reached 25 feet to the ceiling. It was, it was actually kind of, we just kept trying to stack them up higher and higher just to see how big like, it was about 30 feet across and about 25 feet tall, of just rogue boxes. Like it was, it was it was insane. Um, thank God for my father who uh, was semi retired at the time and uh, who's way more mechanically inclined than I am. And <laughs> you know, it, it was awesome. And we we me him and uh, Coach Mike and Coach Kyle just buckled down uh, a couple weekends and a, a, well, actually one full week. Uh, I remember I had like, arthritis in my hands from using the um, the impact drills so much oh, from together. And my dad like we couldn't even close our hands at one at the end of the day because we're using the wrenches. So it was it was. It was good, and then we uh, we moved into the old new space, and then uh, we just been unfortunately filling it since. Because once you get a big space, like buying a big house, you're like, well, now we need a couch, and now we need a dining room table, and now we need this. And you're like, oh, we have room for that. Great, let's do that. Wow. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, what going from 700 square feet to 24,000? That's quite a bit different. <laughs> you have a yeah, lot, then, lot to put in there. Yeah, because then we also like the way we wanted to be able to run things is so we do a split class system. So we actually have two classes running at all of our class times. Uh So we have a a fitness class, which is a, I'm going to say like a beginner's class. Um, And then we have a sport class, which is more high end competitive um, athlete. And so that runs all 10 classes all day. So we actually have 20 classes a day. So we need equipment for 20 classes a day. So we ended up having to buy God, that's what it is, uh, 24 bars uh, split between guys and girls. That's not including trainer bars or little kid bars because uh, we have a little kid class. So that has its own equipment. Um, so, yeah, so it ended up being uh, quite a lot of stuff. Um, oh. And then, uh, then, then, uh, then we started renting our equipment to other like um, promoters who wanted to like put on a competition, but they don't have that kind of equipment on hand. So we rent out our equipment on certain weekends to people who are like, hey, we're like charity stuff. They're like, hey, we want to put this thing on, but we have no equipment. So instead of buying it, uh, they'll just rent it from us for a weekend because we have pretty much everything everyone needs. So oh, that's kind of another cool revenue stream. Yeah, yeah that was it, it was that one worked out really nice for us because it's been a, it's been a very nice little like every every couple months, like just having um, we, we rent out the space sometimes to um, strongmen, to powerlifting, to um, all these are like kind of like peripheral sports that, you know, they don't, they don't really have their own spaces that are, they can, can do like a competition. Like, you know, most strongman gym or powerlifting gyms are small, really kind of like, uh, like our original gym, which is like, you're trying to pare down costs and stuff, mm-hmm. but you can't fit 50 people in there. So we ended up just hosting, I believe, re- uh, USAPL powerlifting regionals. And we ended up at one point having about 500 people in our facility, um, over two days. And it, it, it looked empty, honestly, like there was a, there's a picture of like everyone kind of crowded up to the platforms and stuff. But so, you know, it, it worked out really well for us to be able to have that space and be able to 
find other uses when we're not using it. Cause like we, we don't honestly, we are, we shut down Saturday afternoon and we don't open back up till Monday morning mm-hmm. as far as official classes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, dude, what are we going to do on the weekends to you know, make a buck here and there to pay for the rent? The, the heating has been just, we just, <laughs> so we had free heat up until oh. um, this winter uh, and then they shut it off on us, which was, I, I didn't think part of the deal, but, um, <laughs> so we had to get, um, oil heating for a space that has 60 foot ceilings and is 25, 24,000 square feet. Um, and it's just been, you're like, all right, we need other income <laughs> streams yeah. real quick. Oh my just goodness. Cause at one point, well, I, God bless my members. I, I would have, there was, it was 51 in there one day, oh. uh, all day. Yeah. And you're just like, this is, un- and this is like. And we're expecting the heat to come on any time now. And finally, I was like, dude, where's the heat? Like, oh, yeah, we shut that off like uh, a week ago. Like, there's no heat anymore. Like, oh, yeah, we should have told you. Like, yeah, you probably should have told us because uh, we're dying here. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, I've had that experience in my old gym before we moved. Our heat died and we just had space heaters because it was like, we need to do something. So you'd be like huddled around before the workout around the space heater. And then you'd be like, okay. Let's go do Helen. <laughs> we just like go just run. Even, just even coaching shifts, because at least they're moving around. Man, when you're coaching a few shifts in a row or a few classes in a row, and you're just sitting there shivering, and everyone's like, "What's wrong?" You're like, "I'm so cold." Um, so, because we're all, it's a cement building with cement at slab and everything, so it's it, it gets chilly like a meat locker in there if yeah, it's not it's uh crazy. Heated, so yeah. Yep. So um, now with the stuff like with the power lifters and strongmen, is that stuff you guys sought out to host, or did they come to you? How did that happen? So. When we first built the when we when we built out the space, we actually have uh, Coach Viking, who's a uh, um, CrossFit certified, but he really fell in love with like strongmen. Um, uh, Rob Orlando and the hybrid stuff, like he, we all got, we all went to the um, Rob Orlando seminar, and we really loved it. So me being who <laughs> they always make fun of me, we left the Rob Orlando seminar and while we were in the car driving home. We ordered a whole bunch of stuff for strongmen, like yokes and stuff like that. I was like, this is gonna be awesome. And then um, we realized you only could buy like two yokes at a time. So like they weren't really great for classes, but um, he really got into it and he got uh, a little following. So they would go around to these different, you know, he, he competes. He's actually a hell of a competitor. Um, and I'll, I'll, some of our guys compete in powerlifting and um, Olympic lifting and um, strongmen. And then eventually just talking to the, the, the promoters, they're always looking for places to host because it's a real problem for them to have a place that's not – you know, they they don't want to pay astronomical rates for a really nice place that knows places like, you know, they want a real arena. They want to just, again, again there's sports like CrossFit where it's just like, hey, every, every competitor knows what's what. You know, we're all kind of dirt and grime and sweat. So they don't need that high-end space to rent out if they can rent out a space that's pretty much what their old gym looked like. So uh, we just started developing relationships uh, with local, you know, promoters and stuff like that. And then – um. One uh, so Coach Viking got the strongman, then he actually got um, certified in USS um, USSS strongman, and so now he brought. He's now promoting his own strongman competitions because he's like, shit, dude. If you know, why are we not making the money on these things? Like, I don't know. Let's do that then. So he he's been putting on strongman and doing that stuff, and then um, one of our lifters um, is uh pretty uh big into this powerlifting league and uh, he's like hey could you mind if we did a powerlifting meet here i was like no come on in um and then we you know worked out some really sweet deals for them as far as they so with the way we were operate as personally is we just make the door 
So whatever the door is, that's what we make. So that way it costs them nothing to come in and put on these shows. Uh, and then they feel like they're not getting, um, you know, bamboozled by some of these, uh, some of the venues I've heard, the prices, yeah. like some of the hotels and stuff. And that, like, you're like, how do you even pay that? Like, and make money as a promoter when, you know, strongmen and powerlifting like are, are smaller sports, honestly, compared to like, you know, like a basketball game. Like, so like they were just getting bled dry by this, some of these bigger venues. So like boxes work out really well if you can host these things. Um, and if you own a box and you have a big enough contiguous space, I would definitely like talk, call these guys or try to get in contact. Like, Hey, you're looking for space. Cause it's worked out really well for us. Um, yeah. however, caveat that with find out if your insurance company covers those competitions because <laughs> we ran into some trouble what? not knowing that. Uh, yeah. Cause we had signed, uh, we had signed our insurance terms back when we first opened in 2009 in the 1700 square foot space. So I didn't remember. I, check the box that said we will never hold competition exhibitions and all that yeah so when we found that out in a not so fun manner i was like oh so we had to get additional insurance we do we get additional insurance now for all our competitions and stuff but just if you're gonna do it just make sure you're covered uh because if you're not it's not a fun ride i'll tell you that i didn't Um, know that there's specific insurance for that so great to know uh yes there's actually one day there's actually one day rate insurance just for competitions and like events it's like what like spartan uses and like those guys um where an insurance company will look at you and say how how big is competition how many spectators you have because it's it's funny it's not your it's not if you were gonna if you're gonna do this it's not your competitors because they're signing on your waivers that all your normal clients are it it was a spectator who we ended up finding out this all through when a spectator fell on our property and we're liable regardless that she just fell. Like there was no, like no one pushed her. There was nothing wrong with her. She just fell and sued for medical expenses. And, uh, our insurance company called us like, wait, where's she, what was she doing there? And I was like, what do you mean? (laughs) She's like, was she a client? I was like, no. She's like, oh yeah, you're not covered for that. I was like, awesome. This is going to be fun. Um, so yeah, so make sure you, you make sure about that. But then so my uh, insurance agent's like, hey, yeah, just so you know, like there is one day insurance stuff just for that reason. So your your insurance won't go up astronomically. Because if you said your insurance agent right now, like, oh, yeah, we're going to have a whole bunch of random people in our space all the time. You're looking at four times the rate. But so this one day stuff is actually really good um, of value. Because you you can budget it into the competition, you know everything's there already, and boom, you're 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 you're, you're covered. Wow, I mean, it sucks that it happened, but at least it was brought to your attention, right? I mean, that's I, I, yeah. I was just say growing pains. It's been almost a decade now, so it's just you, you. It's always the things that you never think about until you're like, oh, okay, that just happened. Yeah, that's great. Okay, I guess I should <laughs> fix that now. I mean, that's you can never think of all the things in the future that happen. You just kind of have to go with it and then just fix everything as they come up yeah just be like all right well we're just going with the flow so um i did want to ask you too when you when you got the the space did you guys like do any sort of drawing out and and how you were going to lay out the space um have you had to like change it at all since you know you put in the rig or was that something that you guys really uh pre-planned and thought out before moving everything we so we 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 got the space a month early so we knew like we were going to, it was going to take a while. So we got the month and we had like a, a bunch of walkthrough talk throughs where we would sit down in the space when it was completely empty and then play the imagination game where what if we put the rig here at this angle, you know, put the bars over there. And we, we had a bunch, we had, we had a bunch of powwows about that. Like what would be ideal for what we were looking for? Where should everything go? 
Um, and so we basically just did it in one go. Once we kind of decided on our path, we've, we've put it in. We're pretty happy how it went. We haven't really need to make any changes yet. Um, but as we accumulate more stuff and, you know, more Ollie platforms and stuff like that, we're running out of space here and there in weird spots, like not in the bigger space, but like in the, um, the upstairs powerlifting area in the Olympic lifting area. But, uh, no, we, we basically sat around and we all walked through the space together, kind of just pretended we were working out and what would work most ergonomic, like what would be the most flowy kind of system where classes are not getting interrupted by normal, like. Um, just people working out normally because we we do the upstairs, which is six thousand square feet. Is um, you can work out anytime, six a.m. till um, eight thirty at night. It's like a normal gym. Uh, and then downstairs is where all the classes happen. So we never wanted the the just people working out on their own to ever interrupt a normal class downstairs. So we made sure to, that there's a the definitive breakup, which is what was really nice about how the space is um, broken up. There's a it's actually on two different levels. Uh, it's about six foot difference. So, um, you can kind of see, uh, people would walk in, they could work up upstairs and just kind of see downstairs, but it wouldn't be all that. Um, it would be, it would be hard for them to interrupt a class. Yeah. I love that two level set, set up. It's so neat looking and just how you can use that to like watch everybody on the floor. But then, like you said, really break up what's going mm-hmm. on in the two different places. how did you guys decide where to put, um, the things that would go on the first level to the things that would go on the second level. Is it just kind of like you said, what flowed naturally? Yeah. I mean, we're, I mean, it's so funny. We're, this is, we're having this conversation right now. Cause like I literally was just sitting there in the space on my couch the other day looking at it. And I was like, I hate this upstairs setup. <laughs> like I want to change it again. <laughs> Cause we're like, we, 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 we ch- me and uh, coach Kyler have this little thing where like, if I go on vacation, he'll rearrange everything. Like he'll unbolt things, rearrange it. And, be, and when I come back, he's like, what do you think? Because it's hard to do it on your own because you're kind of set in your ways and you put it there for a reason you think. So when someone else does it and you walk in, you're like, oh, I like it. Or like, oh, you know, like, okay, I can see where you're going with this. So like, so we were just talking about like moving the art. We have an upstairs rig, and like moving that somewhere else because no one's really using it as much as we had hoped. Mm-hmm. So it's not getting kind of the use that we were looking for out of it. And so now it's just kind of taking up space that we would kind of move some other stuff into and move things around. So, um, yeah, we just uh, you just kind of do it, and then we've we've literally changed uh, kind of basic setups, like where things are. Uh, a couple times, at least once a year, we change things around, move things, and then listen to the client feedback too. Like, do you like it? Like, no. Like, all right. Well, in a week, I'm going to ask you again, and then see if it's flow. Because everyone everyone hates change. Oh, of course, everyone's like, where um, are the barbells? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like they were right here. Now they're two feet to the left, and I don't like it. You know, like oh my god. Um, but you know, a week later, everyone's like, oh, this does work better. Like no, now no one's walking through my space. You know, no, ever I can do my workout over here. Everything is really kind of well thought out. So we're always kind of trying to do that and just redesign the space continuously. Because uh, once you stop, you you might be missing like uh, you know ten square feet here, ten square feet there that you could have kind of got back and used for some other thing or put something there or like you know, have something else. Um, because things we didn't account for is our Olympic lifting classes. So we have dedicated Olympic lifting classes that go Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday that are uh, included in membership exploded. Like we went from like four people to like, there's been nights and there's like 22 people. Uh, and there's people like not even Ollie platforms, like with PVCs off in the corner, like trying to watch class, like trying to do like, so we didn't, ex- you know, we never expected to have that much like interest in Ollie classes and stuff like that, like so quickly. So we had to buy a bunch more Ollie platforms, 
uh, set them up so when Coach Kyle's teaching the Ollie classes, like you can actually see where he is and he can see the whole class at the same time. So we've, we, you know, it's, we've run into weird problems that we never expected because, you know, in your mind, you stop growing. You know, you're like, you, know, you, you never see where you're going to be in a year. You're just like, oh, this is how it's going to be forever. Uh, and then as things change, you just kind of, kind of flow with it and keep rearranging things. That's, I mean, that's, we do that constantly. Yeah, no. And I think it's good to have an open mind about that. Like you said, to just be always aware of how things flow and things work differently. And I'm curious, I mean, is this, do you think this is going to be your guys' space now or would you ever want to move again? Oh, we'll move. I know we'll you move. Think, oh, really? Uh, well, I mean, here's, here's, uh, we, it's again, funny. We just had this conversation cause I was just sitting here. Um, we were talking about, um, we've been in business almost, uh, gosh, like almost nine years and We've been paying somebody a ungodly sum of money every month for almost those entire nine years. And it's like, man, what if we just bought a piece of land and then built our own box? Because there's a lot of the space that we were like talking about today that like when you buy a space or you lease a space, let's say, um, you're basically trying to fit your stuff on top of a blueprint that's already existed. Um, where I spend some of my off time just kind of doodling like ideal box setups for us. Like how would I love, what would my dream box be? You know, what would I do different? Um, you know, and there's a whole bunch of stuff I would love to get rid of in our current space, like space that just the way it sits in the corner or the way, like it's not really accessible to anyone that and it has no use. So it's funny cause everyone's like, Oh, you got such a big box and you're like, yeah, but we don't use a lot of it most of the time because like it's awkward sometimes the way things are set up that like, no one would, no one would, you know, in during class, no one would walk a hundred feet away to go do their workout. So like everyone kind of always still huddles to the same spots. Um, people are very territorial, you find out. And, uh, so there's certain places that like, we're like, man, you know, we could either put something there or do something here. So it's like, I, I would love to ideally, um, buy a piece of land or take something that is, is very easy, modifiable, and then build what we consider, uh, a very Ikea type box. If, you catch my drift there where it's like, I don't think we need 24,000 square feet. I think we could do the same exact thing, even better in like 18,000 square feet or 12,000 square feet. Um, just pared down, cut off all the fat, cut off every unnecessary piece, like really Jenga that thing in there. So you still have that cozy feel. Um, cause that's what we did trade in. I won't lie. Uh, and I've had members tell me this, like, yeah, the old, the old box had that cozy feel. Like everyone was kind of like really, you know, we were crowded, but it was like fun and it was community. And uh, now we have this cavernous space that is kind of awe-inspiring in one thing, but at the same time, it definitely doesn't have that, um, that same like small community feel that I think um, we've been trying very hard to get back lately, especially like mm -hmm. talking to people like, um, you know, we do – we try to do a lot of um, free events for our members, so we'll put on like huge parties. Uh, the 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 day the CrossFit Open announcements, we do Thursday throwdowns. The 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 moment they announce the workouts for the Open, we have twenty athletes on standby who do it immediately, right then. No practice. You we don't even watch the uh, the the great athletes go. We go oh, right okay. there. That's awesome. So we, no, that's great. Yeah, so yeah, so we like catered a huge party. We actually brought in a bartender. Um, and like, yeah, I mean, we, we went sounds all great. was, I mean, we, and, and we ended up having like 120 um, people at this thing. And so like, you know, everyone's, I hate to say getting drunk, but everyone's having a few drinks, watching these 20 people, you know, kill themselves for like, like a gladiatorial arena. Um, and so that was like, so we're trying to, 
get back to that like a lot more like fun like this summer we're gonna plan um a very big um like picnic outside in the soccer field well you know get bounce houses for the kids and stuff like that but like try to get that close community feel while still maintaining a huge ass box um and i think that's a delicate balance that people don't realize like and i didn't realize it until we moved into the space you do lose a little of that every square foot that you gain you may lose a little of that quaint community feel that people a lot of people love I and mean, that's what that's what makes crossfit pretty awesome is that small community feel of like you know everybody you know if a space gets too big or like you don't you don't think about that every day all of a sudden it's not going to be as as quaint and so uh, that's actually been a problem for us mm. i love that you said that because i think sometimes owners can can just get the mindset of oh bigger the better and i love that you brought that up that sometimes it's not and it yes it's beneficial in this way you have so much room but it also has hurt the community so i love that you said that i mean it's a bummer but it sounds like you guys are doing stuff to alleviate that so that's awesome yeah I mean, and honestly, it's just for us, like, because we also don't have a sign-in system, so we don't have, um, you can come to any class you want any time of the day. So there is no, like, um, sign-in system for us. So classes are very various on people. So one class may never be the same combination of people. And so we're very, we try to be very aware of, like, we try to play the name game at the beginning of classes where everyone says their name and, like, a funny something about themselves. Um, or just even introducing yourself as a coach, like things we took for granted in the old space. Cause everyone knew each other. Like you cannot take for granted anymore because you will lose that. And, um, we actually did a survey monkey, um, survey about a year ago. And this is when it was very eye opening. Uh, we lost a bunch of members suddenly and we're like, man, what's going on? Like, like, um, so when it came back in the survey, like, you know, you lost that love and feeling like, well, what's going on guys. And I was like, oh my God, like, I didn't know it was that bad, um, bad of a scenario that like, because as, as a coach, it's very hard for me to look objectively because I'm so in there all the time. So I have my little blinders on and it's hard for me to think of as a, like a client, what the client feels. Um, so we did that survey monkey survey and it was very eye opening. And since then we're like, all right, we we're turning this thing around as far as like, we want everyone to feel like. You know, we know their name, um, not just their name, but everything about them. And that, you know, even though we're a bigger box physically, like we still should be that small community feel. Um, and that's been something that's, as a business owner, I would say it's been my biggest challenge. It's not been membership. It's not been keeping people are growing. It's literally been as we grow, how do we keep small? Like, how do we make it smaller feeling while still growing and making money? Um and it, it's a it's a very hard fine line. Yeah, dang, that's a that's a tough one. But I mean, I think the events you guys are doing and and the outreaches that you have with your members, I think that's one incredible step. It's that sounds great. I mean, bring a bartender in and bounce houses like mm -hmm. that sounds amazing. And those members are lucky. So <laughs> uh, we I mean we try, I and mean, that's the thing is like it's but it, it's so it's you're as, as far as a business owner and talking to the other business owners, maybe listening to this, like, you know, we're, we're still a business. Like, and there are still so many options out there for other people. And if you don't keep their attention or if they don't feel like they're part of a community, they will leave and find something else. Like, um, and that's, that's been as I, you know, in 2009, I had no competition, none. I literally was the only box for two, like two hours, every direction. So, you know, it, 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 the, the hard, hard part with that is trying to introduce CrossFit. The hard part now is there's a CrossFit 
everywhere. Like now there's CrossFits, you know, across the street from CrossFits and stuff like that, which is great. Um, cause it can kind of keep the community small, but as a business owner, like you better be on top of this about how people are feeling in your box because that, that more than the money, like, cause everyone thinks it's a price point, but what we're finding is it's not a price point. It's a community feeling point. So you could be a more expensive box, but people, if they feel like they're part of something and they're, you know, they're getting their value, they won't leave. But, you know, I don't care how price your gym is, how low price or anything like that. If people don't feel that sense of CrossFit community, which is basically why I loved CrossFit in the first place, um, they're not going to stay. They're going to go find another place that will find that, uh, will give them that, that smaller feeling. Yeah. Mm. Good words, Brennan. Good words, man. Those, yeah, that's a great thing to think about. So for those affiliates out there, but dang, well, man, we've talked about a lot of stuff like really good stuff too, just by your facility and community. Um, you know, as we're wrapping up, is there anything else that you wanted to add? Maybe maybe last, last advice for the affiliates looking out there to, um, you know, build out their space and facility and, or even just keep that community going. Anything else that you can maybe add to encourage or, or help them along in their journeys as well? I mean, as far as building out a space, the one thing I would say that we've we've started to play the game of is every piece of equipment we buy, because I mean that's a, that's a huge cost. Like as you go out, is how many different things can this do? <laughs> if it can do one specific thing, you don't need it uh, for the most part, uh, because like we bought a bunch of stuff that like does one thing and no one touches it anymore. Um, but you buy, you know, you buy the basics, the things that people can use for a bunch of different things. Those are great values. Um, and I, I kind of wish I had learned that way back when, because uh, everyone loves to buy toys and stuff when they get some money. Uh, and then there's things that like, as a box on, you're like, man, I didn't even need that. I could have done that a thousand different ways, just Jerry hawking that thing together or something. But like, uh, yeah, just look at every piece of equipment that you buy or every, every, everything you buy and ask yourself, what is the true value of this to your members? Not to you, not to your own workout, not to, you know, like, are people going to use this thing really often? No. Then as a space, you're probably just wasting space with it. Um, and I, I, I've sold equipment after a little bit, uh, of just watching it and just sit there and being like, Nope, no one's using it. Screw it. I'll sell it for half its price, you know, value just to recoup that and not have it sitting there. Um, because people also notice that and like, what's that thing? Like, Oh, that thing is a mistake. <laughs> that would be gone soon. Yeah, yeah and it, but, but again, like you got to be willing to make to like I I thought it was a good idea at the time. It looked really cool. Yes. Um Because yeah. everything on Rogue website looks cool. That's the problem. Of um, course. As, as a business as a business owner, that is my my crack. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> is uh all the coaches make fun of us uh, or me specifically because of like so did you go on the website today? And I was like, uh <laughs> no, like yeah uh huh. What did you buy? I was like oh you'll see you'll see it's coming soon. Um, <laughs> like oh yeah it's it's shipping here in five days. Don't yeah. Worry. Yeah, because that three ships free stuff, thats they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. <laughs> You're like, oh, I already have two. Might as well get one more. Like, yeah, exactly. Because the joke with us is they always talk about my free beanie. Because um, like, yeah, I'm the guy that was like, oh, if you spend $100 more, you get a, a $1 free beanie. You're like, oh, I want that beanie now. Oh, I'm, I'm spending $100 more. <laughs> So yeah, I'm I'm the poster child for their uh, their overexpending. So it sounds like you should have gotten a whole outfit out of your first purchase from them for your new space. How much money you spent? They should have sent you beanie I, shoes. Without 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 sounding like a commercial for Rogue, I will say I'm very glad. I I see a lot of. Oh, this is actually a good caveat for you um, and the the listeners. People always ask me, why do you buy 
um, name brand. We'll just call it name brand. I'm not going to say Rogue. That's just where I buy. But there's always you know there's some nice. Why do you buy name brand equipment when I saw uh, X, Y, and Z company just open up selling it for half the price? I will tell you, I have watched people buy that X, Y, Z brand stuff, break it within the first ten seconds, and then be told, "Yeah, we don't have warranties. We don't. We're not going to replace you know anything. Buyer beware." And you're like, "Wow," because as a, as a as a box owner, I want things to last forever. Like I want things that when I buy seven years later, like we still have our original rowers from 2009, like concept two knows how to make a piece of equipment. We haven't had to do, you know, you, you maintain those. They've no, I've never had a break in a uh, broken one. So like a lot of it is just when you buy something, spend the extra money on the thing that made you like, Oh, it's just a name brand. But with that name brand comes a lot of like, uh, we've broken stuff uh, or things have come broken or, you know, for whatever reason, customer service is more important to me than price tag um, as a business owner. Because you learn real quick that if you have good customer service, um, you can get the thing replaced in a day. And you know, it might not cost you anything. Whereas another company buying cheap, you know, that thing breaks, they don't care. Like they're like, ha ha ha, we have your money. So uh, I always tell people like when you're looking at equipment, like cheaper is not always better as far as the initial investment. And make sure who you're buying from has good reviews. Um, cause I, I had a friend who got really burned on a whole bunch of equipment that we, uh, he bought a sled specifically. I remember this was my favorite example in the, the pin in the middle where we put plates. As soon as he put a plate on it snapped off and he couldn't lose the sled anymore. And he called the company right then in front of us. And the company laughed at him. He was like, dude, no, we don't have warranties. You're like, he spent $200 on your sled and nothing, uh, just cause you can't weld the sled well. Like, so, you know, buyer beware as far as that stuff to definitely do your research, definitely look at who you're buying from, especially on equipment and what their, what their warranties are and stuff like that. Or even if they have any, um, that's been a big on me as far as like saving money on the long term is, you know, if there's no warranty or their customer service sucks, like I don't want to deal with them. I'll pay the extra money just to have that peace of mind that anything that happens, like it's built well and I don't have to ever worry about it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, asking those sort of questions and doing that sort of research can really save you a lot of pain in the long run. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. Man, Brennan, you are chock full of good advice. I love it. Thank you so much for just imparting your wisdom upon this podcast. And hopefully these affiliates are just listening, going and taking down notes and going to email you for that startup packet that you send people. (laughs) I hope they do, honestly. I mean, because that's the thing is I, I always try to treat it as like, I wish I had someone back when I was starting to do this for me because, man, I would have saved so much money and time. Cause like, you know, by 2011, I was like, damn it, I did it wrong. And I redid the entire business in 2011, like almost completely overhauled the thing, retook out a loan, bought new equipment. Cause I was like, man, I think I did it wrong the first time. And so like, again, like just, even if it's not me, but go talk to people who've been around a while, you know, most, most CrossFit affiliates, um, you know, are unlike most businesses where if you call or if you just email the owner and just throw out a few questions, you will get a response most of the time. You know, most of the owners that I've ever met. Um, I remember the owners from, um, I want to say CrossFit USA actually sat me down at a, uh, CrossFit kids cert. We were at, we were just sitting in the airport and they're like, Hey, what's your website address? And I told them like, your website fucking sucks. And I was like, what? And I was so mad. And then they went through and they, they literally wrote me out a list of all the things I needed to change about my website. And I'll be damned if every one of those wasn't the best idea I've ever, I've ever seen mm-hmm. since. And has been basically to become the business standard. So at the time, I was so like offended because I was like, "Oh, I did," you know. But then I was like, "Oh, 
Actually, that's a really good point. Thank you. But it was so cool of them to, you know, take the time at the airport to just like look at my website for me and just see what they could do to help me. You know, and I, I truly appreciate that. And I've been trying to pass it forward ever since. Mm, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. And affiliates helping affiliates, there's just something powerful behind that. And I think so many would love to impart their wisdom and, and show yeah. tell about their mistakes um, mm -hmm. if only someone would just ask. So you guys, email Brennan. I'll put that email up there for you so you can maybe reach out to him and be like, hey, dude, give me some advice. Um, but yeah, man, thank you so much for joining us today on Box Talk. Super appreciate it. Uh, it was great to have you. Loved hearing about your space and keep chugging along. You guys are doing something pretty cool over there. So seriously, super appreciate it. All right, thank you very much.